Okay, a couple news and notes as we kick off the Jeff Merrick Show here. Matt Marchese in for one final day this week, and Jeff will be back tomorrow. I believe he's flying back today. Uh, and what a day to fly back because it is – I thought it was cold yesterday. How about today? My goodness. It's like minus 1,000 here in, in Toronto. All right, Dylan Strom, five times five from the Caps. And, you know, this feels like a bit of a miss by the Blackhawks. They didn't qualify him. He became an unrestricted free agent. Probably a guy that you could have traded and got an asset for at the deadline, especially considering he's coming off of a 20-goal season last year. And, you know, he's 36 points in 52 games this year with the Caps. He'll be 26 in March. And a player that has really worked out well for the Capitals. They they got him as, like I said, an unrestricted free agent because he wasn't qualified. And he's played very well for this Capitals team. And, and, you know, I wouldn't say a big reason, but one of the reasons why the Capitals are still in the mix for the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Uh, another Another note... From This was a little bit later last night and, and a very curious one, a firing in the AHL, and it's Troy Mann, who's the Belleville, who well, he was the Belleville Senators head coach. He was fired after a win last night in Rochester. Now, it's not that the Belleville Senators are having a great season, and that's the part that's a shock. It's more just the, the kind of murky details surrounding it. So we'll talk about that with Elliot Friedman in just a few minutes, but it's skills competition day. And I know that people get really up in arms about the all-star game and all-star weekend and the skills competition. And, you know, when I, when I look at the skills competition, I think of Ray Bork's four for four in the accuracy competition or Ally Afraidy's 105 mile an hour shot with a wooden stick. Zidane Ochara's 108.8 mile an hour shot, which nobody's going to break that record. Or the performances by Kendall Coyne Schofield in the fastest skater, Jocelyn Lamaru Davidson shining in the fountain faceoff at the Bellagio Fountains last year, and Trevor Zegers's Peter Lafleur impression in the breakaway challenge. Like these are the moments that we should have fun with, and we should get angry about this stuff. Like imagine having a really hard and fast opinion on an exhibition. Imagine having that kind of a strong opinion on an exhibition game. If it's Toronto and Detroit or Calgary and Seattle or Vancouver and Vegas in September and you have a hard opinion about, oh, this game is horrible. I shouldn't even be watching this. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. But don't complain about it either. There, listen, there's no perfect solution for All-Star Weekend. There's none. Do I, do I think that every team should be represented regardless of how good the players or if they deserve to be there? No. But I'm not going to go spout off on it because it's one weekend, and if you don't like it, then it's not for you. It's for the kids who are fans of this game, who get to see players up close and personal that, you know, even from a TV capacity, that they may not be able to see. In another aspect, it's for the sponsors. We know that they've got a, a sponsor attached to every event, but to have a, to have a strong opinion on how, what they do and how they do it and to take to Twitter and to what send emails in, honestly, you need to get a life, sit back, grab your favorite beverage and just enjoy 
Just enjoy the All-Star Weekend. And if you don't care about it, don't complain about it. It's pretty simple. It's kind of like the people that vote or that don't vote and then complain about the politicians. Well, you didn't vote. So if you're not going to watch it, who cares? I'm actually looking forward to it. And it's not because we have it on this network, but we do have it on this network, if you're very interested. Um, listen, there's there's three new events, the Splash Shot, the Pitch and Puck. i got to watch how I say that. And the Tendy Tandem, which I'm not so... That one's an interesting one. But I'm really intrigued about the Splash Shot and um, the Pitch and Puck because Pitch and Puck, com- it's a combination of golf skills and hockey skills. And as we know... There are a lot of really good golfers, especially ones that have played in this city because they haven't made it past the first round very often, or in that case, made it to the playoffs for a long period of time. There's lots of good golfers out there. The splash shot is is a dunk tank, essentially. And it's like an accuracy competition with a dunk tank. I mean, have fun with it. Just enjoy the weekend. It's it's much like with the the NFL and the Pro Bowl it's it's who, nobody really cares about it but you know what the athletes that are going it means something to them to be an all-star it means something to them to compete in this event and this weekend so for anybody out there that's watching maybe just think back reassess your life and your thought process and just say you know what it's all supposed to be fun and games let's just let it be fun and games welcome to the Jeff Merrick show This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Elliot Friedman on the line in just a couple of seconds. We'll also be joined by Annie O'Donnell, host of the OD on Sports Podcast. More on All-Star Weekend. And uh, she's a very, very avid Ducks fan. And this has been a very, very tough year for her. Uh, also, at uh, 1.30 Eastern, that's going to be 11.30 Mountain and 10.30 Pacific. That's, I got it. Mike Fuda will join us and... I don't want to call him the headliner because I don't want to put things in his head to make his ego any bigger, but Jeff Merrick will be a guest on his own show at one o'clock. We'll do random player of the day there. And this was a fun one. I had a lot of fun researching this one until then. Elliot Friedman joins us online from hockey night in Canada. Oh, 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 okay. I can hear them having a conversation between the two of them in the background. This is great. I just said, we're walking back to the hotel. We shot some stuff this morning. And I'm telling Eric that Marquesi's ripping you. I'm wiring him up for his appearance. I didn't. I didn't rip it. I mean, I'll rip him I, to I, his I, face. You know, I'll tell you this: like when you say I don't want to call him the headliner because I don't want to make his ego any better, bigger. <laughs> that's that's a rip. I have to tell you, Marquesi. Like I don't know what institute of higher education you went to, but that's not a compliment. Well, it was Humber College. Thank you very much. And it was radio oh, broadcasting. So, yeah, okay, I mean, yeah. And uh, I didn't want to say, I didn't want to put, he already has his name on the marquee. Like, what else does he need? That's true. Right? So, anyway. Yeah, I can't argue with you on that one. Yeah. Okay, so we have some uh, some business to get to. So, um, you had it earlier today, Dylan Strom, five times five with the Caps. And I, I really liked the pickup in the offseason. I, I kind of thought it was a miss by Chicago. I know they were rebuilding uh, Dylan Strom was 26 when they didn't qualify him. It felt like a guy they probably could have traded at the deadline, knowing that where the direction they were going in. But this has been a move that's really panned out for both Dylan Strom and the Washington Capitals here. Uh, I, you know, first of all, I would say the Capitals announced that one. I can't take credit for that one. But the Capitals announced it. 
I looked into it earlier in January um, because he was one of those guys that was eligible to be signed on January 1st because he'd uh, done a one-year deal and kind of slipped off my radar. And obviously, I lost track of it because of that. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him. It's a good fit for him. Um, as you said, uh, I think the Blackhawks, I don't have my notes in front of me. I remember I wrote about it last year. But I think they were looking for a reasonably high pick, like a second rounder or a prospect or good prospect or something like that. And I, I can't remember exactly, but it was not inexpensive last year. And teams were just not willing to pay that price. But I think once he was a free agent, I think there was a lot of interest. And, you know, to, to Strom's credit, he picked a situation that was really good for him. And, uh, you know, the one thing is the Capitals are an offensively inclined team. He's an offensively inclined player, and uh, I, I'm not surprised it would be a, a good fit, and I'm not surprised in the least that they found something because that certainly does look like home for him. Now, with that being said, like, okay, Nicholas Backstrom is back from injury. We know that, but does that that term and that number maybe give us an inclination that Nicholas Backstrom may not be back next season? Well, I, I think it's hard to say that. I, I think... You know, the one thing is, is that Backstrom, like there were people who thought he'd never play again at all. And he's a, hold on one sec. Uh, <laughs> what did you do now? Me. Yeah, they're coming for me. Um, like there was, uh, like there, there was a question whether or not he'd play at all. And he's played. And I think now, I don't know if I want to say there's optimism but there's hope that he might be able to do more than what was thought. So I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but he seems to be doing okay. And I, I think we have to dial it back, at least for now, on the dire predictions. Okay. Uh, on to Ottawa, more specifically Belleville. Yeah. So Troy Mann, well, was, he was the head coach as of about 1030 last night, and then he was relieved of his duties. Very surprising. It was after a win. Um, is there something to this story that maybe we should know more about here? Well, you know, here's the thing. Um, like, it's, it's, a, it's a weird story. Now, I will say this. I had heard that the uh, man and the parent team weren't getting along philosophically. And I, I do think that is true. Um, and if you look at the release last night, that is what the release said. Like they actually quote, like it was a systems issue. And then I, I saw we got a report this morning that maybe it was a little bit more than that, something that could get someone fired for cause. And, you know, so the first thing I do is I call a lawyer buddy of mine. And, you know, what he said to me was, he said, that's very weird that the senators would announce in a press release that it was a systems issue with an actual quote from the team. And then this would come out the next day, because if you're firing someone for cause, A, you don't have to pay them, or at least you can argue you don't have to pay them. And B, you wouldn't give a release with that kind of verbiage. Mm -hmm. So, like, the, the thing this guy said to me was, if this is not true, then, he, then he, whoever represents Troy Mann has to get on it right away. Like, you, because, like, I, I've heard he still has some term left, 
like uh, I think possibly another year. And, you know, number one, you want to make sure you get paid. And number two, you might want to work again. And if this story hangs, like people are looking at this and they're like, oh, like, is this true? Like, is, if that story is true, people aren't going to want to hire you. So, like, someone said to me, if, if there's any way that this is not correct, Troy Mann's going to push back on it hard and fast. Because you can't have that getting out there. I just think the one thing to me that's really weird, and I agree with my lawyer buddy on this, is you make an announcement that makes it sound like it's a philosophical disagreement, and the next day a story comes out that, it might have been for cause. And those are two very, very different narratives. And I'm looking at it from the outside, and I'm saying it doesn't make sense. I mean, in these situations, especially the way this one went down, there's obviously a lot here that is still to be processed. But the reason the team gave and the report this morning are two very different things. And we've all got to try to reconcile and figure out what that means. Well, and, and even the timing of it. Like, I mean, the press release was sent out at like 1034 or something last night after a win. Well, I guess like, they, everything I guess they was. Fired him right at, I guess they fired him right after the game, right? Yeah. And, and, to, so, make, and to make things even more awkward, uh, his younger brother is the assistant GM yeah. with the Senators. So this is a very yes, interesting. Is. I mean, I guess, I guess the question is how. If, well, this, like, is, this is a sport where. Brian Murray once replaced Terry Murray as head coach of the Washington Capitals or the other way true. around. I forgot. This so, is true. I mean, weird stuff happens. But, yes, it, it adds to the level. So I guess the question becomes how, how quickly do we hear an answer from his camp or do we at all? And if, and if we don't, then I guess that means that the allegation is true. Put it this way. Honestly, if you fired me, and I know you tried, Marchese, and you and and there was a report out there that I had done something that I could get fired for cause, I, and it wasn't true. I would be, I would be in your face right away. Yeah, lawyer up like, real quick. Not even well. First of all, I, I would, but I I would also send a note to someone saying that you have to deny this because, like, 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 like I said, like the. It sure doesn't sound like, based on what that release said last night, like when, when, when there, there have been people before who've been fired for cause. And you know right away that they are fired for cause. Mm-hmm. That did not scream that. Well, the, the, other, the other question that I guess we can ask through all of this is, I mean, and we'll never know, is where did that come from? Because I would assume that that came from someone in the Ottawa camp. Well, I don't. I don't like to guess people's. No, sources. but I don't I'm like just when people do that to me. So of course, I don't like to do that to other people. Fair enough. Okay, let's stick yeah. on the let's stick on the Senators' page for a second here. So they yeah. go into the break on a four-game winning streak. Uh, they're six points back of the Penguins for the final wildcard spot, but they got to jump at least three teams to get into a, a competition with Pittsburgh. They also have one of the toughest schedules going forward. So. Do you see them as more of a buyer or a seller, or do you think they're maybe in a bit of both here? Sorry, you shut up for a second. You were talking about Pittsburgh? No, Ottawa. Ottawa, okay, sorry. For some reason, you cut out there. I think, look, the, the math isn't good for them. There's, there's no question about that. But I have heard before that uh, they are looking for a right-hand shot defenseman and would consider adding one now, even if it's a, even if it's a rental. Because I think they want to finish the season 
as, as strongly as they can. Now, maybe it means you get a test drive on someone that you see if you want to keep. I think if they're going to add, it's going to be that. But I do think for the most part, you look at all their UFAs, you look at Talbot, you look at uh, some of the other players they have, Nick Holden. I think those players are, are, are definitely available and on the market. What about, because the goalie market can be kind of weird at times. Do you think there's yeah. any interest in moving Cam Talbot? Because he's a UFA yes, as well. I, I, I think they're, I don't, it doesn't sound like they're going to sign him. Uh, I think it's much more likely he gets moved. Okay, and on to another Canadian team here. The the Flames, they're looking for a scoring winger, and it does it does feel maybe like it's a long shot here, but do you think they might be a team that may, I mean, they're going to at least kick tires, but do you think they may be a, a silent player for a guy like Timo Meyer? I'm, I'm sorry, you covered again which team? I'm sorry, I'm walking through the beach area here, so the sun is here. Oh, it's by, really, uh, yeah, the beach area. That's what it is, of course. Yeah, I'm distracted. Um, <laughs> what, what team are you talking about? Uh, Calgary, as a silent player maybe for Timo Meyer, because oh. they are looking to add a score. We know that. Yeah, BX is just like oiling himself up over here. So Thanks like, for the visual. Distracting. Uh, you know, I, I think that um, it's an interesting one. I think that's a really interesting idea, Matt. Um, the one thing is, like, number one, you're gonna be, you got to be convinced that you're gonna sign him, or you're gonna flip him for more if you don't keep him. Like, I, I gotta wonder though, Calgary. Think of what you're gonna have to give up to do it. Well, they don't like, like they don't you, like playing their young guys. So, well, I, I, that's a good point. <laughs> you got me on that one. I gotta tell you. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, like I mentioned Van Riemsdyk on the show this week and somebody said it's not going to be him. So I have to think about it. Like, I mean, it, like he's the kind of player Daryl Sutter would like, yeah. I bet. It's, it's just, it's a big price. And I, I wonder how comfortable Calgary would be with paying that price. I have to think about it. Okay. So here's the second part of that question. Brad Treliving doesn't have a contract for next year. His contract expires at the end of this season. I mean, not yeah. again, not that not that Brad Treliving is going to just sabotage this team because he's not, but how much of a question is, is Brad Treliving going to be the guy to make that kind of a deal? I just think, you know what, I, I know people think that kind of thing all the time, but the other thing I really believe is that if you want to be, if you're going to be leaving a team or not staying with a team, you want to get hired somewhere else. And yep. if you make dumb, stupid trades, it's going to hurt you to get another job. So I don't think guys want to make I don't think guys say I'm going to blow this all going out because those can become legacy defining trades the wrong way. Sure. I think, I think people try to win trades all the time. I think if you're, if you're Brad tree living and you're trading for Timo Meyer, if you're doing it because you think you can help your team right now. Oh, oh no. And for sure. I'm saying more, does the organization want that trade made? Not that he's going to make a, a dumb one, but the, it's the, Cal the Calgary flames. They want to win. Of course. Like I, again, we, you know, <laughs> is there a segment of the fan base there that would like to see a rebuild, a bit more of a retool? Yeah, I think there is. But at the end of the day, you know what the golden rule is? Whoever has the gold makes the rules. And the people in Calgary who have the gold, they don't want to rebuild or retool. Yeah. Uh, Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts joining us from the beach area and somewhere in Florida. Um, 
lucky guy. By the way, it's freezing here, so good luck when you come back. Yeah, I, 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 I've heard that. Do I have to shovel when I get back on Sunday? Is that going to be necessary? I don't think so, because south of Highway 7 on my drive was dry as a bone, so you should be okay. Good. Where I live in the North Pole, uh, there was snow, so we had to shovel this morning. Um, well, you, you can have the reindeer do it for yeah. you. <laughs> That's what I should do. Um, yeah. Okay, we talked uh, Wednesday about Boston's interest in a forward, but now there's there's been some talk that maybe they might look to Jacob Chikrin. And I can't yeah. imagine what that blue line looks like with him, but with that being said, they're going to have to move somebody off their roster and that defensive group. Is that guy, if they're going to make that move, Brandon Carlo? Um, I don't know that that's the case. Like, like I'll tell you this. I, I've mentioned that I think they're looking for a lefty. Um, I'm sure they've checked in on Chikrin. I, I'm sure they've checked in on guys like Gavrikov. Um, you know, they, they don't like rentals, and Chikrin is not a rental. And Gavrikov, Columbus, has been given permission to talk to him. So those cases could be, the, it could be it. You know, I'm not – like, the one thing about Carlo is when Horvat was available, I do think Boston was interested – the rumor, you know, our buddy Rick Dahlwall out there, he was saying that uh, Carlo was the guy Vancouver wanted. I did not get the sense. Now, I, I have to admit, I could be wrong. I don't know about this. I'm just telling you, I never got the sense that Carlo was offered up. You know, maybe he was, but if, it, if he did, I, if he was, I don't know about it. And someone suggested to me it wouldn't be the case. Um, you know, I just think, Guys like that, right-hand shots, big guys, like those guys are hard to find. It, it's really hard to find right-hand shots like that, uh, Marchese. And I think most teams, when they get players like that, they want to keep them as opposed to trade them. Now, you have to give to get, but, you know, I, I really, like the Carlo thing, I, I would be worried of trading about him. Now. I really would. And, and where do you think on their, I guess, their wish list, like, do you think left-hand shot D is at the top of the list, or do you think they're still they're still leaning towards adding a forward as you know the top priority? Uh, I I think that uh, uh, I I think that they are looking like I think they're all in to win. Yeah, they know that they they only have so many more years left with this group, and I think they'll do anything they can to win. I think they've identified lefty as something that they want to upgrade. And I think the other thing they look at is, I think the one thing about Horvat and the reason a guy like Horvat makes sense for them is at some point in time, you're going to need two guys to play center. And it might not be this year. It might not be next year, but we're getting there. And so like where Krejci and Bergeron are in their careers, you could see a guy like Horvat them being interested in keeping him like that. Like I look at Larkin, same thing. Like I got to think that if Larkin and Detroit aren't going to work it out, Boston's going to be looking at a guy like him. And so that's why I kind of wonder um, if Boston looks at that, not only for now, but for long-term. Okay. All-star weekend. I wanted to, there's a couple of things that I wanted to, to chat about here with you. So, you guys sat down with uh, a bunch of players. You guys ran through the gamut over the last uh, day and a half. And the one the one sense that I always got, cool. and this is more just people talking and thinking that they know, but there's, a, there's always the people that believe that players don't like the All-Star game and they don't want to be there. But 
Mm-hmm. Do you get that sense? Because, I mean, I, I see it. It doesn't it, – it looks like it's enjoyable. There's guys that go there multiple times and don't turn it down. I know if you turn it down that there's a consequence to that. But do you get that sense that guys don't want to be there? Because I, I really don't. You're a lot closer to it than I am, but I don't get that sense. I do. Um, and a matter of fact, I know it's, a, I know it's an issue. Uh, every year they, they have more and more – more and more teams will tell you that they can't believe how hard it is to get – guys that want to go to all-star and so I, I think what they've been doing is i've heard they've been talking to a lot of the players here about um what's it going to take to make more guys want to come and you know we talked about it in the pod and i've mentioned it a bit before um matt is i think they're going to cut the number of cities that uh are going to have the all-star game like next year i mean Batman speaking tomorrow. We'll see if he confirms it then. But we're all expecting Toronto's going to be the host next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what you're looking at is, like, you know, I'll tell you this, the players are happy to be here. Yeah. You know, they're right on the beach. Um, and, and I think the other thing, too, is I know that one of the things the players have complained about was they didn't get enough fun time with their families. And, and the NHL and the Players Association worked together this year to say, we're going to make sure you're going to have time to go to the beach or do whatever you want to do with your families. And so I think you're, and I believe, I heard they talked about it with some of the players yesterday. What do we need to do? And one of the answers was we love coming here at this time of year. Like Marchese, we're just talking about it. Look at the weather in Canada and the U S right now. It's freaking garbage. So, you know, if you're telling everybody, you know, the rotation is going to be uh, like Dallas, Florida, Tampa, uh, California, Vegas. Um, and I think they would like to have, like, the options of Toronto, Montreal, New York. I, I haven't mentioned Chicago. I should probably mention Chicago. But if you turn this into a warm-weather event, I think they know they're going to get more participation. Like, I, I heard the players are having a, a good time here this year, and why not? Like, as soon as I'm out, I'm done this uh, conversation – I'm going upstairs, and even I'm going to go work on my skinny legs in the sun for a couple hours before I have to go to the go to the rink. I, I get I, that totally makes sense. Just as a quick aside, what what how much of a financial windfall is it for these teams that are hosting? Because I mean, if the NHL is looking to do that, like does that go into the pot for HRR or how does that work? Of course, yeah, absolutely, it does. And the NHL takes over the All Star game; they have control over it. Uh, they put they put on the show. They, I think they do it with, in conjunction with some of their local teams for ideas and things like that. But it's the NHL show, and absolutely, it's HRI. And I know some people really hate the All Star Game, but the sponsors love it. Yeah. And uh, like I, I met a lot of people just today, like walking the beach. We we had a shoot this morning. We we're walking back to the hotel, and I, I can't tell you how many people I met who are coming here from somewhere else and. They're part of the All-Star Weekend, and, they're, and, they, and they love it. And uh, same thing. Like, a lot of them are coming from cold-weather places. And, um, you know, they, not everybody may like it, but the sponsors love it. And as long as the sponsors love it, we're going to have it. Well, what do we say? It's for sponsors and kids. That's what it's for. 
really? have no problem with that. Yeah. This year, the, uh, Florida Beach, it's for me too. I, <laughs> I was going to say it's for the adults too. Uh, okay, one more before we let you go. So, Ovi <laughs> talked yesterday about his relationship with Sidney Crosby and how, yeah. you know, once it's done, they'll have a couple of beers. And, and we've talked about their careers and how intertwined they've been. But when we look back... Is there ever been a tandem of players who have been on opposite teams that have been so intertwined? Because the, my first thought was, okay, it was Gretzky and Lemieux. But Gretzky yeah, came true. in at a different time and then Lemieux, and they never played against each other in the playoffs. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Crosby and Ovechkin have gone head-to-head against each other since the the beginning of their NHL career. Like, have you? do you remember a tandem that has been intertwined as they have as being opponents? No, and, and I think Gretzky and Lemieux would be the closest. But as you said, because they were in different conferences, there wasn't the, the playoff hate between them. I think this is unique. Uh, I think it's very different. There were a lot of playoff defeats, particularly for instance, for Ovechkin. Um, and, you know, I think the other thing, too, is it, it came at a time where the sport needed them. They were coming out of the 4 5 lockout, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that was both of their rookie season. And for the last 16, 17 years... Those guys have put the league on its back. And um, that can't be discounted either. It's not only were they fierce rivals that created a lot of uh, emotion, but they both re-energized franchises, and they both came out of a time where hockey was down. And, you know, the interesting thing about that is, I think it was about four years ago, four or five years ago, Matt, uh, they were both at the NHL preseason media tour, which they almost always go to, and we asked, when we were making our request, we asked, will we get Crosby and Ovechkin to sit down together? And they were polite about it, but the answer was no. Like, they were not ready to do that. And uh, I think that, uh, I, I think it is significant that they've agreed to do the, um, that they've agreed to do this together, because I, I don't think that, the, I don't think it's always been easy. Like, to be honest, if, if Crosby still had three cups and Ovi's had zero, I wonder if we'd be at this point now. Hmm. But at least Ovi's got the cup, right? Yeah. And so that I think that eases everything. I mean, the, the other thing, too, is I heard, I, I, like, we'll see how this all goes tonight, but Crosby was participating in the, the dunk tank thing, and I heard he, was, he really embraced that, too. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see these two guys tonight. Well, listen, I'm looking forward to it. I know a lot of people don't, but I think the skills competition is one of the more fun things. Like when we look back at all of the, you know, the cool things that have happened, like I I remember, you know, seeing Ray Bork's, Ray Bork in the accuracy competition or or Zdeno Char's 108 mile an hour slap shot. Like these are the things that we remember. So just, just have fun with it. That's, that's pretty much it. Just have fun with it. Um, I'll let Elliot, I'll let you go uh, change into your swimming trunks so you can go yep. get your tan on uh, before, yep. because you can't get a tan in the snow here, just so you know. Well, you could, but it's It'll not going to be as fun. It'll hurt. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to be as fun. All right, enjoy the sun, buddy, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, Marquise, you have a good weekend, buddy. You too. There he goes, Elliot Freeman, Hockey Night in Canada, and 32 Thoughts.